60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane, 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Value Sports here on a big Thursday, January the 19th on Kane Radio FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And uh, Jeff kind of lead off the show this morning with uh, the Cowboys sign a kicker. Uh, I don't know if he's on the... Uh, 53-man roster, or if he's uh, maybe just on the practice squad. I'm, but No, no, no. If uh, you sign somebody, they have to be a part of the – during the postseason, they have to be a part that's of the right. You mentioned man. that, I think, yesterday yeah. or the day before. But uh, So, uh, Tristan Viscano, who kicked uh, previously with the Cowboys for a few games. Uh, I don't know if it was a few years ago. He's been the kicker. Of course, he was in the league earlier this year with um, – uh, basically, I want to say a couple teams, uh, the Cardinals and the Patriots, he kicked uh, a couple field goals and some extra points for these teams. So, uh, anyway, uh, the special team coach, Fassel, said, uh, you know, people go through the yips and the Cowboys uh, trying to protect themselves. Uh, the kicker is, you get that, uh, you know, if he misses an extra point, do you yank him during the course of the game or short, uh, you know, a 35, 40-yard field goal? If not, the only reason to bring him in is to uh, light a fire under the kicker. But, uh, you know, the mentality of a kicker, I don't know if that's a good idea either. That, yeah, you're kind of saying, okay, well, if you uh, mess up, you're you out of here. Uh, and, again, you know, Jerry Jones sometimes can be his own worst enemy. He, of course, the owner, general manager of the team, uh, and uh, I think he's the only owner that has his own show up in the Dallas area. Uh, so uh, uh, sometimes maybe uh, the GM needs to be fired. He's been the GM since, uh, I think, since he's owned the team. I, I couldn't uh, say that for sure. Uh, Tech Schramm went out with Tom Landry. I, that's I know right. that. He but, cleaned house. Uh, yeah. Jones cleaned house when he fired Landry and upset a lot of the Cowboy Nation since uh, Tom Landry had been the coach of the Cowboys since the inception. And, of course, he came from the New York Giants uh, where he was, I think, the defensive co- uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. And Vince Lombardi was on that staff, yeah. too, with the Giants. And he left to go to the Packers in uh, 59, I think, and Landry, of course, when Dallas opened up in 1960. So uh, just amazing. Uh, don't know what uh, what Jerry Jones uh, will do, like I said, to – Kicker misses an extra point in the game. Okay, uh, no. Viscano, uh, get your uh, helmet on. Let's go kick a field goal or whatever the case may be. Uh, anyway, so the Cowboys uh, trying to right that ship after after Brent Mayer missed uh, four extra points first time since 1932 in the NFL. That, uh, so a good 90-plus years that uh, an extra point, uh, four extra points were missed in a game. And, of course, the ball back then wasn't as uh, – swelt as it is now with regards to uh kicking it's uh great for passing punting and all but the old football back in the 30s it was more uh round uh, like a basketball a lot bigger than the than the duke they call it or used to call it uh today so we'll see uh practice uh today and tomorrow uh, they'll make some judgments on uh whether mayor's still got the yips or viscano's gonna get the job pretty much uh in this article so uh Good luck to uh, Dallas as they take on the 49ers, uh, and that's going to be the evening game, I believe, Sunday, uh, the bigger game, uh, uh, probably one of the bigger games during the weekend. 
Elsewhere, the NFL also announced that five teams uh, yeah. will play home games abroad. I, you know, if I'm a fan, I'm a little upset. They're taking my team away to play. And as the Bills, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, and the Patriots will, will play uh, each uh, play international games during the NFL regular season, the problem I have, that's five, that's five teams if you uh, are these teams going to play each other? What they haven't said is who's the matchup because those five teams they're giving going up to be home the home team. team. That's right. And I would imagine you know now there's nine. You know some teams have nine home games. Some teams only have eight home games. And I'm guessing these all had nine home games. So they'll still play eight at home, and then that ninth quote unquote home game will be on foreign soil. I'm guessing that's what the situation and is. Also, they say the Chiefs and the Patriots will play in Germany. Is that they'll each play a game in Germany no, or they'll play, play each other? No, there's two games in Germany. All right, year. okay. And the Bills, Titans, Jaguars will play in London. The Bills, Titans are designated home teams for the two games in uh, Tottenham uh, Hotspur Stadium, while the Jaguars will host uh, Wembley Stadium as part of their multi-year commitment to be playing in the United Kingdom. Why don't they just say England? Anyway, the league uh, announced the plans. Uh, uh, it says Thursday, so it must have come out tonight. Today is Thursday. Anyway, uh, opponents' dates, times for the games will be released uh, when the full uh, schedule is announced later this year. There will be no international game. Uh, well, isn't that an international game playing in uh, in England? No, there anyway, will be no international game in Mexico. True. So, uh, But still, <laughs> the, the uh, who played? I'm trying to remember. Who played in that game last year? Was it the Eagles? Usually it's a West Coast team or a Southwestern team. It was Arizona and someone. Arizona played. Maybe uh, the Rams or uh, Vegas. Yeah, that might have been a game. Uh, anyway, um, of course, the NFL executive uh, director, Peter O'Reilly, said the, and he, to the, told the AP that those who have been there experienced it. You see the passion of the fans in these markets, and it's a chance for them to experience the best of the NFL live. Meanwhile, uh, Tampa Bay defeated the Seahawks in Munich last year in the first uh, regular season game in Germany. Uh, the destination cities for the 2023 games will be announced later this year. The NFL previously confirmed that Munich and Frankfurt will host games in Germany over the next four years. Chiefs and Patriots are part of the league's international home marketing area program, which sees teams secure uh, international marketing rights in the countries beyond the United States, while both sides have been awarded rights in Germany. The Bills-Titans will play their second games in London. The Bills lost to the Jaguars in London in 2015. The Titans lost to the Chargers in 2018. The Jaguars will play their 10th game in London. The five international games in 2022 set a record-breaking attendance and viewership with ticket demand and number of fans increasing for the league across the world. Uh, Each game was sold out with a total of 356,116 in attendance. The Chiefs and the Bills and Jaguars are playing AFC divisional playoff games this weekend, of course, and uh, pretty much... uh, the uh, teams are pretty much excited about that. The Patriots are 3-0 and in international games, and, uh, of course, they're thrilled to play in Germany again. This year, said uh, Chairman and CEO Robert Kraft, we're undefeated in our three previous international games, thanks to part to outstanding support from our fans. And uh, elsewhere in that, the NFL, of course, expanded to 17 regular season games. Now it gives teams a ninth home game in alternating seasons, up to four of the teams 
from the conference whose teams are eligible for the ninth regular season whole game are designated to play neutral site international games each year. Did not know that uh, with that uh, regard. So anyway, uh, interesting uh, in that regard, and we'll see what uh, – with uh, how the teams and the schedules will be announced later on, usually around March. Don't they uh, usually announce those? I mean, you know who you're playing. You know who you're playing, and uh, you know it's home and away. That's right. But, no, the schedule – the NFL does this well. I I think it's – you know, I'm a fan of the NFL, but I don't wait for that next big event. Uh, yeah. But the NFL does a good job of – throwing fans a bone every couple of months in the offseason, uh, you know, whether it's the draft, the schedule. They release little bits every couple yeah, of do, months to just to get attention. Exactly. Right. It's a teaser. And, and again, I, I find that um, kind of humorous, but, but I get it. NFL fans are, you know, looking for a little nugget here and there during the offseason. So the NFL does a good job of doing that. The, they do That they do. The marketing arm of the NFL uh, – does good do a good job of that. It keeps uh, fans on the edge and wondering what's going to come out next. Look what they've done with the draft. It was always in oh, New yeah. York City, and the fans would get excited, all the Giants and Jets fans in the surrounding area, I guess the Patriots maybe. But now they've moved it around to different venues, and uh, it could get really crazy if it comes to New Orleans. Uh, I'm not trying to think where they'd have it. Maybe the auditorium. Uh, they Maybe have it in uh, – the uh, Smoothie King, uh, for that matter. And they've had a lot of outdoor uh, events, too, uh, even in Chicago. That, yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it outdoors in Chicago? Yeah, and that was in, you know, it's always around April, uh, whatever the case, but uh, Nashville had a very successful, like 200,000 people. That's right. You know, it's just a, a whole block, city block was uh, packed, man. And, and don't think that the NFL's not <laughs> selling jerseys oh, and yeah. uh, soft drinks and whatever the case may be, uh, to make a little money on the side. So uh, it's a big, big deal. And uh, and each year they're moving it for, what, the last four years maybe? And there's been around. a couple of repeat um, appearances. I know they're looking at Nashville again because of the success they had there. And I want to say it is in a unusual city this year. Wasn't it in Las Vegas last year? Yeah. And uh, let's see here. And, uh, well, with that, uh, you know, it's just something that uh, – you know, and they invite so many of the players. Uh, they feel first-round draft picks. Uh, of course, 32 teams. I don't know how many players they invite to sit down and be nervous and wonder when they're going to be selected through the draft, which is usually uh, now it's a Thursday night. They have the first round. Then they go to Friday for uh, eating for two rounds two and three, and then Saturday begin at noon to wrap up uh, the last, I guess, four, five, six, and seven uh, rounds. Of course, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, at number 262, I do believe, or somewhere in that vicinity, depending on how many uh, gift picks I call uh, out there because of trades or drafts. or And some teams lose uh, a draft right. pick. Uh, there's right. only technically 31 first-round picks this year because Miami uh, yeah, got fine ones. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with the draft. So, it's um, you know, like I said, it's a three-day event uh, they build it up I'm sure people will sit, squat in front of their sets or, or stream it on their phones or whatever the case may be to see the draft and uh, in the meantime uh, the draft will take place usually uh, the last weekend usually in April somewhere up in that time uh, and they have been for years I remember one year I was at the draft the Jazz Fest and the draft was taking place 
in that time. So uh, anyway, and that was uh, the first weekend of the Jazz Fest. Did, did you find basically what you were looking for in that regard? I, I'm only seeing where it has been. Uh, Kansas, okay. It's going to be in Kansas City this year. Oh, interesting. Year. All yeah. right. Interesting. Las Vegas last year. It's an interesting, though, uh, the history. You mentioned New York, and obviously it had been there uh, nonstop from 65 to 2014. But it had been in Milwaukee in 1940. It had been in really? L.A. in 1956. Uh, see, didn't realize that. And I'm looking... Uh, yeah, in Chicago, it was in Chicago in 1938, 42 and 43, 51, 62 through 64, then again in 2015 and 16. But so, from, you said from the 60s, mid-60s, all the way into 2014. So you're telling me from 2015 on, it's been in uh, New York very, probably it's a been couple bouncing. times. It, ha- okay, I, it Chicago, has not been. It Nashville, has not. Las Vegas. I can't think of any other community or city that it might have been. Cleveland, if you didn't oh, well, mention that's them. That's right. No, I didn't. Yeah, I forgot it was in Cleveland one year. So uh, NFL t- trying to take advantage of, uh, you know, their marketing uh, capabilities and what they can bring. And uh, I think it's a good idea. I'd love to see it in New Orleans one year. Uh, I don't Like I said, possibly the Smoothie King would be outside with the inclement weather. Who knows? But the Smoothie King uh, uh, seats, what, 17,000, 18,000 people. So, and I'm uh, trying to think of an outdoor area, um, you know, in and around uh, – the Superdome, too, they've got that. Yeah, uh, the Champions Plaza. That's what I'm trying to figure out. The you know, they'd have that up in there uh, with the inclement weather uh, that can be right next door in the dome. So, uh, anyway, um, it's we'll see what transpires again with that. So, But five NFL teams to play away from uh, home this but, year. But, but, you know, you mentioned Jazz Fest. Yes. And if it does coincide with Jazz Fest, Ooh. that might be one of the reasons it hasn't been. <laughs> Considered in the last nine true. years here. That's true. Uh, since the Jazz Fest uh, draw, gee, I don't know, good years, quarter of a million or more people yeah. out there. So uh, I can remember when it was $10 tickets. I know. <laughs> they, they, had to you know that, people to come. When I first got to Louisiana and you know, I was working in Lafouche, they would ask us if we wanted to. How many do you want? Uh, give them away. Promote it. Uh, I used to be outside of the fairgrounds. Uh, and I'd see people who looked like they could use a free ticket. And he'd say, here, here, take this. Well, yeah, my brother and his wife, uh, her family owns the uh, big lot right next to the, on the grounds, in the square, uh, the circle, I guess, uh, with regards to the fair comes, and they would rent out parking spots at $40 a head. And they were staying busy uh, for the, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays, uh, Sundays. And uh, you leave and come back another $40. So uh, mm-hmm. held about 50 cars. So uh, you do the math. Anyway, they did that for many years. I don't think they're doing it anymore. But uh, in the meantime, we get getting back, uh, as, as Coach was saying, digress. Uh, anyway, the, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA, too. Uh, Pelicans last night uh, took it on the chin uh, in regards to uh, a game against Miami. I uh, watched most of that game uh, last night, and the Pelicans couldn't throw it in the ocean. Uh, meanwhile, Catholic High was supposed to play Southside last night, and I saw where the, the match was uh, canceled, and um, not sure what brought that on. Uh, of course, Southside being a 5A school, Catholic High a 2A school. Non-district game. Yeah, uh, you know, so. I don't know uh, any reasoning. If somebody would, uh, give us a text or call. And let us know. But in the meantime, uh, boy, the Pelicans just uh, last night, they were down like 24 to 8 early in the first quarter. And uh, from there, it was just all uh, Miami as they just blew the heat, just blew past uh, the Pelicans. Of course, 
not having Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram uh, available for you. But uh, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, uh, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back uh, with more about the NBA right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack, and Saturday, it's the 80s Experience. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one. Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And uh, we, I think we have an answer to yeah, uh, listener uh, called the Panthers in. didn't play uh, Southside last night. You know, apparently there is a limit to the number of games they can play during the regular season. And I think he said the number is 34 and... Because they may have gone deep into, and that could have been Southside, could have been Catholic High. Uh, because they went deep into other tournaments, they're looking at, ooh, we got to cancel a game. And yeah. so they can. Obviously, it's got to be a non-district game. Yeah, and, uh, of course, the they Sharks. Obviously Southside is the Sharks. Huh? The yeah. Sharks. Um, you know, and playing pretty good. I saw where they lost by one the other night to St. Thomas Moore. So, uh got to tell you, they got a pretty good uh, basketball team in, uh, what, fourth, fifth year of existence. Made it to the quarterfinals in football, so Southside uh, playing pretty well. Anyway, that answers our question. Uh, going back to the Pelicans last night, watching that game, uh, I just the Pelicans could do no right uh, over in the Smoothie King. The crowd was about the only thing good that came out that game last night for me was that they honored the Tulane uh, football team at halftime. Nice, nice. And I gave them a standing ovation. The crowd did uh, as the trophy fans there they brought the uh, Cotton Bowl uh, trophy to the uh, arena, Smoothie King, and uh, fans were able to take their picture with the uh, Cotton Bowl trophy as uh, Tulane uh, fans there for the game last night. But the team was honored at halftime. Uh, of course, Mrs. Benson 
being the owner of the Pelicans and also the Saints, as we know. And, she, uh, and also a big contributor to Tulane. Absolutely. She's on the board. Would yes. you believe that? And I'm sure she had a lot to do with uh, getting the team there and having them honored at halftime. But the Pelicans, they get beat 124-98. to 98. I mean, they're never in the game uh, with regards to uh, <laughs> the play. And uh, the Pelicans, uh, in the meantime, uh, just – well, they need to get uh, Zion Williamson and uh, and uh, Brandon Ingram back uh, pronto, as uh, they just they they and they played well during the course of uh, the year, but uh, have done well. But now the Memphis Grizzlies, who are on top of the division, have won eleven in a row, and uh, they they aren't looking back right now as. Uh, uh, they're starting to put some space between uh, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Uh, of course, as I mentioned, New Orleans couldn't throw it in the ocean last night, even though their percentages weren't bad. Uh, uh, Miami uh, shot 53% from the floor, 50 of 94, 12 of 16 free throws. It, it was a pretty rough game, uh, meaning the referees pretty much let them play last night. And, uh, gee, uh, uh, the uh, – Miami just uh, everything they seemed like they threw up the hit and and the points in the paint was probably uh, just uh, unbelievable. I'd, I'd be willing to bet Miami had um, majority of their points in the paint and uh, they shot the three pretty well. But uh, the uh, Pelicans last night, uh, McCullum uh, had 21 points, followed by uh, the big center Valakanis, uh, uh had 18. Marshall had 12. Uh, coming off the bench, or Al- uh, Alvarado had uh, 11. So uh, a lot of work to be done. Of course, the uh, the Pelicans, I'm pretty sure, go on the road now after a two-game uh, homestand. They go to play Orlando, uh, and that's going to be Friday night. Then uh, Sunday night, uh, they're going to take that Miami team on again, and um, and that's going to be a Sunday afternoon game. So you, that might be a game on uh, television uh, other than the uh, you Valley mean national, yeah, 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 right. Uh, in that regard, ABC or yeah, one of those uh, might have it. And no, no, it looks like it's going to be on Valley again. So uh, as I'm looking it up in the FTX Arena, I think that's been they pulled. have changed that name. In <laughs> fact, uh, the uh, Heat Arena, isn't it called? A the judge heat? had to declare that contract null and void due to their bankruptcy. Yeah, and I'm sure most of the lettering, if not all of it, has been stripped from the building. Yeah, and it should be so. But like I mentioned, the Grizzlies have won 11 in a row. They're now five and a half games above uh, the Pelicans. And the Pelicans were 17-5 and five at home until that, uh, I guess, um, unfortunate game last night. So in the meantime, uh, something that I wanted to give a little shout-out to, Chris Ford, who was a member of the Celtics 81 championship team, passed away yeah. recently. And, uh, you know, not only was he a coach, he was a player credited with scoring the league's first three-point basket back in uh, the day. And I'm trying to remember when the NBA, was it in the 79-80 season, somewhere up in there where the three-point bucket was allowed by the uh, NBA. Uh, of course, you know, not only was he a player for the Celtics, he was a coach for the Celtics. He he was uh, voted the team's MVP uh, in his first season with Boston, played at Villanova, played on that Villanova team I can recall where uh, Porter I'm trying to recall his first name was declared ineligible they finished second I think in the nation that year to UCLA in the uh, in the final four tournament as of course Bill Walton company uh, beat Villanova but Villanova gave him a tough game in that uh, particular game and they had to vacate that spot due to some uh, recruiting elect uh, I guess irregular 
Wrigley's uh, with regards to, uh, uh, I think it was Porter. And he's one of four former Celtics to have won championships, both as a player and as a coach, joining Bill Russell, Tom Heinsohn, and, uh, and uh, K.C. Jones. And as a player forward, uh, his career spanned over a decade with the Celtics. And uh, he was with that John Havlicek group in, uh, in later years. Dave Cowens uh, was on some of those teams. And, uh, of course, his career spanned uh, uh, over a decade. Born in Atlantis, Atlantic City, drafted out of Villanova. Started off with the Pistons. And played a few years there before being traded to the uh, Celtics. Averaged about 15 a game. But just a hard-nosed player. He, Danny Ainge, I can think of. Just hard-nosed players uh, with the Celtics back in those days. And, uh, you know, Ford succeeded Jimmy Rogers as a Celtics coach. I don't even remember Jimmy I know. Rogers being the Celtics coach. Anyway, and led the league uh, uh, and the team uh, for five seasons uh, he compiled a 222 and 188 record with four playoff appearances as the Boston coach, but his teams never advanced beyond the conference finals. Ford also had a pair of two year stints with the Bucks and the Clippers, and uh, pretty much just a hard nosed player for uh, the Celtics back in the day. And uh, pretty much they, uh, they didn't leave uh, an explanation, but uh, rumors had it he had some type of heart ailment whether it been a heart attack or some other uh, sickness uh, he was only 74 years of age so uh anyway chris ford uh, gone elsewhere it was, it was 79 by the way okay october of 79 that's when they began he the hit three the fir- pointer he hit the first one in the history of the nba back in that year so yeah, uh, you figure it was probably going to be the first game played yes and uh, an east coast game a home game probably <laughs> yeah so. you're right and took a shot at it yeah, some someone was gonna get it yeah that's right you're right about that so uh the pels uh got a lot of work to do in that regard uh with their team and uh just looking at uh, uh, some of the games last night, you know, as much as the Pels are, are struggling, uh, boy, the Lakers are really struggling too. Uh, they're twenty and twenty-five. Uh, yeah, Sacramento beat them last night, one sixteen to one eleven. Of course, LeBron says until we get some of our guys back. Of course, he's speaking uh, specifically about Anthony Davis too. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you're talking about uh, the the Pelicans um, lingering a little bit. Um, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose two without those key players. Uh, get them back in March and April. That's right. Hopefully you know? healthy, yeah, too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's when it'll matter. And Lakers, too. Yeah, you're right. And uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, nothing uh, earth shattering, but Memphis beat goes, uh, beats Cleveland 115 to 114. They just don't, uh, they just can't be beat right now. And uh, of course, uh, their star player was a kid that was picked uh i think in the second uh uh second pick in the nba lottery uh or draft i want to say and uh boy he's just he's going off right now so uh uh right now the um they're playing so well the the grizzlies and uh they're in the same uh, division with the uh, Pelicans. So, at one time, the Pelicans were up on them, but not any longer, not after an 11-game win streak, and uh, they can do no wrong. Elsewhere uh, in NCAA basketball last night, uh, of course, the Tigers uh, – uh, played Auburn, and uh, Auburn uh, ranked, I think, 15th in the country this week. Uh, took care of the Tigers, 67-49. to 49. LSU shot 23% from the floor last night. And, and that just – I mean, you're not going to win many games if uh, you're shooting uh, pretty much 23% from the floor as uh, the Tigers uh, uh, played a, a pretty good Auburn team uh, – 
they're at 16th. I take that back. They're ranked 16th. LSU also uh, were notified. I think Coach McMahon notified uh, the press. I don't know if he talked about it after the game, but uh, one of their players, uh, uh, a guard named Justice Hill, uh, for personal reasons, has uh, withdrawn from the team. Don't know if he's coming back uh, later on during the year. Not sure what the reasons are, but he's a young man that came with McMahon from Murray State uh, to play for the Tigers. And uh, LSU last night uh, had a couple players. Hannibal had 16 and Williams had 16. But other than that, uh, LSU had no other scoring from uh, their bench. Um, Auburn hit 44% from the floor. LSU, excuse me, 29. They hit 20% from the three-point line. There was 17 out of 58 from the floor and uh, four out of 20 from three-point land. They hit 11 out of 17 free throws. They were out-rebounded 39-33. Excuse me, 33. Uh, they had uh, five steals, seven assists. Of course, when you hit 29%, you won't have many assists. Five blocks and 11 turnovers, which isn't bad. For a college game, uh, 11 turnovers. Auburn had eight. Uh, the difference in the game, though, is that uh, Auburn uh, hit 33% from the uh, eight out of 24 from the three-point line. There were 26 out of 59 from the field, which is not bad shooting. Seven out of 11 free throws. Didn't see the foul situation in the game. So, uh, But the Tigers, you know, at one time, Jeff, what were they, 12-1? Uh, and one? Yeah. And, and, and it beat Arkansas, yeah. who was a ranked team. And now I think I've lost four or five in a row. And, of course, after the debacle against uh, Alabama over the weekend where they lost by 40. Yeah, uh, fifth straight loss. Uh, it is, in, okay, in, fifth. Just in case they're keeping score at home. Yeah, and uh, the Tigers just can't get off the uh, – meanwhile, the Lady Tigers, <laughs> what can you say? Uh, they have yet to taste defeat this year, and uh, they're pretty much on a roll – uh, as LSU, I think, is up to number three in the country now. Yes, they are. And, uh, of course, the big game, I think we decided that big game's going to be against South Carolina. I think that's Super Bowl Sunday. It was February yes, 12th. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, as Coach Kim Mulkey. And make for a nice pregame. Yeah. Uh, you know, for folks who want something other than Super Bowl, eight hours of Super Bowl pregame. Yeah, you know? and, and that game should start around, what, noonish or I think like, I saw one. One, and that's in South Carolina, yes. isn't it? So it'll be uh, noon our time if it's 1 o'clock in South Carolina or is that uh, 1 o'clock our time? To my knowledge, I remember it being 1 o'clock our time. Okay, all right. Anyway, so Coach Kim Mulkey right now, uh, they hired her to win games, and, and boy, has she done it too. I was just trying to scroll through uh, – the schedule and see when the uh, ladies played again. Uh, and, you know, they're not getting a lot of print, Jeff, that you think that they would with Simone Augustus having a bronze statue unveiled uh, uh, recently. And uh, they're winning uh, 18 games in a row to start the year off. And uh, uh, pretty much uh, they'll probably play. Uh, you know, the, the ladies usually play on uh, Friday and Sunday. And I didn't see anything. Uh, Got, uh, let's see. And who they may play next. I see Alabama, the 23rd. I, I know they've got to play before that. Yeah. Uh, they're playing Arkansas today. Okay. So Arkansas. Kind of a latish start to uh, in, 8 o'clock. In, uh, what, at uh, home. Okay. And that might be for television purposes, that uh, 8 o'clock start time. Yeah. And, then they're uh, at Alabama Monday. Okay. And uh, so the Lady Tigers, uh, who are playing very well right now, uh, of course, they, uh, they'll play uh, number one South Carolina also plays today. They go to Vanderbilt. 
and they're 18 and 0, and I think they're the defending national champs too. They've kind of knocked uh, Connecticut off that ladder. Who uh, for many years it seemed like Connecticut was beating uh, Notre Dame or UCLA, but uh, the Lady Tigers uh, uh, will give them a challenge. Uh, Coach Kim Mulkey, what more can you say? Uh, yeah, the LSU game tonight uh, is going to be on the SEC Network, the, uh, and that'll be at the Maravich Assembly Center, PMAC, as they take on Arkansas, who's 17 and three. So it should be a pretty good matchup in that regard here uh, on uh, for women's college basketball. Anyway, we need to take another break. You're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back uh, with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, uh, January the 19th, as uh, we're uh, into uh, playoff action in the NFL. And uh, this weekend, uh, we've got four big games. Uh, and, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> Cincinnati's the defending champ and uh, AFC champ. Yeah, the AFC champ and uh, defending champ, and uh, they're an underdog as they journey to Buffalo this weekend uh, to take on the Bills. And uh, anyway, uh, you wonder um, Cincinnati just uh, and the Bills hadn't been playing real well. Uh, they're, they're winning games, but uh, and of course uh, Joe Burrow says, you know, we're not looking at being an underdog heading up there. You know, we're the defending champs in the AFC, and uh, we're going up there feeling uh, that uh, we got a chance to win this game. Of course, they're a five-and-a-half-point dog uh, in the rematch of Week 17 that was canceled following the horror uh, we saw on the field that uh, night and DeMar Hamlin's uh, collapse. But in the meantime, according to ESPN's uh, stats and information research, 
Uh, the Bengals are underdogs only twice this season in week five against the Ravens in a 19-17 loss and in week 13 against the Kansas City Chiefs, which they beat the Chiefs 27-24. So, meanwhile, the Bills are the only team in the NFL this season to never have been an underdog. Hmm. Did not know that. No, I didn't either. And it indi- it's indi- uh, an indication of how odds makers view the Bills. And uh, according to uh, some of these uh, sports books, Kansas City opens as a favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, this year. That's 57. And with Buffalo trailing close behind, the Chiefs still have the best odds of winning the Lombardi Trophy with the Bengals coming at fifth at plus 800. So, uh, anyway, it should be an interesting game. Uh, I look forward to watching it uh, here uh, this weekend and uh, along with uh, the three other games. Uh, and uh, uh, the one I'm really curious to see is how uh, young Brock uh, Purdy plays uh, Sunday evening uh, against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who the defense of Dallas has really been playing well. And they get after the quarterback. Of course, uh, the the San Francisco is a uh, three-and-a-half-point pick uh, in that game. And uh, I think the difference in that game is going to be how well Mr. Purdy can pick out his secondary receivers and have enough time to uh, stand up, if you know what I mean. And uh, McCaffrey, what more can you say? I, I, I Still can't see Carolina trading him away uh, to the 49ers. He added another weapon. You know, last year he had sort of an injury-plagued season, and maybe he had lost a little of that luster, and Carolina thought maybe he was in his declining years. Obviously, if that's what they were thinking, they were obviously wrong. And sometimes just a change of location – Gives you just a little bit of a different outlook, a little bit of a different attitude. Maybe um, that's what spurred McCaffrey. But McCaffrey uh, has been uh, – he's played in, I think, six, seven games with the 49ers, and uh, he's – I think he's scored in every game that he's played with them at weather catch. You know, he's just a dual threat. Whether you're throwing the football or he's running the football, I think he had over 100 yards rushing last week. Of course, one big run. But uh, he's always a threat to, to take it the distance. And, uh, and Mr. Brock Purdy uh, is taking advantage of that. And like we mentioned yesterday, they got three quarterbacks that they've got to make some decisions on whether they let Garoppolo go. Uh, did they trade uh, Trey Lance? Trey, Trey Lance uh, put out a, what was termed a cryptic tweet um, because uh, Giants, or Giants, 49er executive, um, was hired by the Titans oh, okay. as general That's right. manager. That's correct. And uh, he just put in, like, the uh, fingers crossed emoji as uh, congratulating uh, this guy, and I forget his name, uh, moving on to Tennessee, and then three fingers crossed emojis mm-hmm. as if to say, please trade for me. Oh, I hear uh, you. That's what I'm wishing for. Anyway, uh, a little uh, up in the air again is the Sean Payton news. and uh, yeah, This morning I saw two headlines within about 30 seconds of each other. NFL rumors, Sean Payton Broncos have sincere mutual interest after head coach interview. And then I saw the other one that said, NFL rumors, Panthers would give anything to Sean Payton, <laughs> just about anything at. he wants to be head coach. Yeah, and uh, he said the, the article opens up uh, out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, where Roman Harper spent nine seasons playing strong safety for the Saints and being coached by Payton. He spent two playing uh, years with uh, strong safety with Carolina Panthers with Steve Wilkes as his position coach. And, uh, 
course, he helped uh, the Saints reach the Super Bowl in 09, and the Panthers losing the Super Bowl 50 and 15. And as much as, uh, you know, uh, with Peyton, in other words, Peyton is a proven commodity and he's 15 years of coaching. Uh, Saints had the fourth best winning percentage in the NFL at 152 and 89 behind uh, New England's coach uh, Belichick, along with Green Bay and Pittsburgh Steelers and Tomlin. Uh, Peyton has proven for the record making the playoffs leading New Orleans to the postseason nine times, including four of his last five seasons before stepping away. His level of credibility uh, would bring instant uh, uh, thought to the Carolina Panthers and more credibility than the former head coaches Carolina's interviewed uh, in Wilkes, Frank Wright, and uh, Jim Caldwell. Of course, Caldwell won a Super Bowl with the Colts back in 06, I do believe. And uh, anyway, he was an assistant coach. No, I think he was the head coach. No, no, that was Tony um, Dungy. The no, Dungy. Dungy, that's Dungy right. versus Lovey Smith. The Saints beat uh, Caldwell yes, in yes, the Super Bowl. Yes. That's what it was I was thinking of. Anyway, uh, but Caldwell so, may have beaten the Bears. He may have been head coach. No, no, no. That was I just said that Tony Dungy yeah, beat Dungy. Uh, the Bears. That's yeah. right. And uh, of course, Saints general manager Mickey Loomis granted Carolina permission to interview Peyton, and it's significant. He told reporters after the season, all teams interested in Peyton discussed compensation. New Orleans would uh, want permission granted. So Carolina stood the potential and cost of terms, draft picks, money. Be- because it's a divisional rival, Pool. do you want more? I mean, is the cost up more for that yeah. than Denver? And would the Saints allow it, like you said, without really wanting a top-end uh, deal? And uh, can would Carolina do that? I'm not so sure. Anyway, the same goes for the Texans and the Broncos who interviewed Peyton this week, and Arizona Cardinals have also requested permission to speak with a 59-year-old coach. Of course, the Panthers interviewed former Broncos head Big Fangio, uh, requested the interview with the Saints co-defensive coordinator. I don't know if that's – I'm sure it's Richard, not Richard. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. Uh, you, you don't hear the name Richard that often as a last name, though. You, true. You, you hear Richards. Uh, as a last name, but uh, it's pretty rare. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's, it might be a Richard, but uh, I haven't heard his name mentioned much. But back in '97, when the Jets sent their first round pick in '99, a second rounder in '98, a third and fourth round picks in '97 uh, to the Patriots for Bill Parcells, they also sent three hundred thousand dollars to New England's charitable foundation. Of course, the Jets went 1-15 in 96, 9-7 and seven in Purcell's first season, then advanced to the AFC Championship game following the franchise's 12-4 record in 98 and 2000. Belichick went to the Jets, uh, to the Patriots, for a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a seventh-round pick. New England won first of uh, six Super Bowls in Belichick's second season, and in 2000, the sixth-round pick, Tom Brady, at quarterback. So, uh Anyway, um, and also John Gruden uh, led Tampa Bay to a Super Bowl in 02, and then uh, Oakland traded him for two first-round draft picks, two seconds, and $8 million to be paid over three years. So uh, would uh, Peyton, would the compensation for the Saints, uh, would that be a mid- or late first-round pick? Loomis said the price will be different for every team. So uh, that answers maybe the question about the, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers in that regard. Sources around the league believe Carolina would have to give up more because it's in the same division, which we just spoke about, and it would be closer to the kind of deal that Tampa Bay agreed to for Gruden. As luring uh, Peyton to Carolina financially, his salary won't be an issue. 
Uh, Tepper is worth $18.5 billion, according to Forbes. He gave Matt Rule a seven-year, $62 million deal, despite Rule having basically no NFL experience. Panthers need a fix-it quarterback, which has been revolving door since 18, judging by the long list of offensive-minded candidates Carolina has interviewed or scheduled to interview. That's a priority. So, anyway, Peyton would be at the top of the list, but Drew Brees is not going to be with him, I can tell you that, uh, with uh, with Peyton if he does go to Carolina. And, uh, of course, everybody knew Peyton joined the Saints uh, right after the devastation of Katrina in 06. Led the Saints to the championship game where they were beaten by the Bears up in Chicago and uh, had a couple seven and nine seasons after that. Then they hit the Super Bowl in 09, uh, had some pretty good years in 11, uh, also in 18. Uh, but, uh, of course, I'm trying to think the year Peyton had to sit out was at 12. About that. Yeah, about that time where he coached his son's uh, peewee league team up in Dallas. So uh, we'll see what. Uh, what's going to happen then? Uh, of course, five teams still without coaches. Uh, I don't think anybody's been hired in the last uh, week after the season. So uh, five teams looking for coaches, uh, being uh, uh, basically Carolina, Arizona, along with uh, Denver, Houston, and the uh, – who was the uh, fourth team? Did you mention the Colts? No, I didn't. The Colts is there the fifth go. team, yeah. So anyway, uh, in that uh, we'll see. I'm kind of surprised. Just five. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it might not be over either. Yeah, with the firings. Possibly. Uh, you know, the Chargers I'd be surprised coach, at this point. You know, I if the Chargers, uh, you know, after their debacle, uh, uh, being up twenty-seven uh, <laughs> to nothing and then losing thirty-one to thirty. Uh, course uh they did they've made assistant coach moves and i I guess that's dismissals not moves necessarily a lot of times it protects the head coach he's doing that to protect his job you see that a lot in college too Mm -hmm. you know where uh the team has a down year and uh, the the portion of the team whether it be offensive defense you start seeing coaches being let go and their excuse for their own job so uh they hired the coach so uh, we'll shall see. Anyway, uh, just about ready to take another uh, break. Uh, anything else uh, you may see that? Uh, well, I to, uh, will say the sad news is that Arkansas lost their live animal mascot. The good news is there's bacon. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, so, I didn't even know what the the uh, Razorbacks are. I'm sure they've named him, huh? Yeah, let me uh, pull this story is his name up. Ark, real original. Arc the Razorback. I hope I didn't uh, close it. Here we go. All right. He was only four to the Razorbacks mourning the loss of mascot Tux, Tusk the Fifth. Okay. Who died after serving in the role for three years. Uh, Tusk Five died of natural causes at his home near Dardendale, Arkansas. So it wasn't roadkill? No. Okay. And uh, I doubt he'll be bacon. I don't know what happened there, but uh, we wish him well. And. Hopefully Arkansas can move on. Yeah, it's just a tragedy, you know. But, you know, some of these uh, 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 mascots, I can remember, you know, the the Buffalo's got to be the big one. Uh, of course, uh, for years, LSU used to march Mike the Tiger out in the cage and get the microphone near him, and he'd try to get him to growl. But I think Peter came into play with that uh, elsewhere. And by the <laughs> way, he'll be succeeded by his brother, Tusk six. Tusk six, all right. So uh, the Arkansas Razorback. 
um, some of the other mascots. The Houston Cougars, Shasta, used, they used to walk him around the field, you know, on a leash, uh, a mountain lion, a cougar. Uh, I can still remember that. Of course, I don't think he's uh, any longer on the field anymore. <laughs> and uh, a la Mike the Tiger, you know, and they'd put him in the cage and uh, prance him around Tiger Stadium uh, outside the field uh, before games. Uh, in that regard, I can remember that uh, religiously uh, when I attended an LSU game uh, each year. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm trying to think of it. Of course, the War Eagles got to be the best uh, over at Auburn with that eagle flying around mm-hmm. the stadium coming in for a landing. So um, some of the more colorful. Uh, but yet they're cartoonish. They've got a, um, you know, a, a, a human uh, mascot that's right. as a tiger. You know, the best one I ever saw, Auburn was playing Georgia, and a Georgia receiver caught a pass and scored on a touchdown. And uh, 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 I should say the Auburn receiver caught a pass for a touchdown and all. And Ugga took a, took a lunge at him and tried to bite him. <laughs> He scored in the end zone. That had to be one of the best as the Auburn receiver catches the pass and Ugga, the the bulldog from Georgia, makes a lunge at him. Let's think of the cheerleader, our mascot, had him by the uh, leash. Too funny. That was the best. Anyway, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday morning, January the 19th on uh, Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack, and Saturday, it's the 80s Experience. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Thursday, January the 19th. Je- uh, Jeff, just want to take a moment, you and I, and reminisce a little bit. Uh, the Kane family yesterday uh, went to tell uh, 
Our uh, DJ, our longtime DJ, Lee K. goodbye yesterday uh, in a nice ceremony up at uh, the funeral home and all. And uh, it was, uh, you know, done well. And, uh, boy, you just, you, it was amazing the people that Lee K. touched, you know, in that regard. Uh, just a phenomenal crowd there. Uh, uh, didn't know what to expect or whatever, but uh, amazing how the lives he touched uh, locally. Yeah, no doubt uh, it was a mixture of friends, uh, family, and fans. Yes. And co-workers, uh, both here and uh, uh, the NPR station in Lafayette. Again, uh, it was a nice turnout. Uh, I, I, as I came into the parking lot, it was like, uh, the place is packed and that was great to see yeah it really was and uh lee k will be missed uh he uh brought a lot, a lot of little idiosyncrasies and uh, of course with uh uh he uh we being there uh of course he had i didn't realize he had a conductor's hat <laughs> if you saw that by uh, uh near the coffin and uh that's what i said what is that <laughs> I, from a distance and then i kind of peeked up and saw, oh, okay uh, conducts his hat, and then, they, of course, you had the little miniature uh, uh, crossing, uh, railroad crossing, you know, and things like that. And, you know, as we mentioned, uh, he was fascinated an, with trains. An enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. he, he would find a way to turn any interview into, have you ever taken the train? <laughs> you know, the train's a great way to get there. And, and you know, it's, and to... to uh, uh, I've never ridden on a train, believe it or not. I've never. I've ridden on the little trains around Auburn Park in the city no, park I, I, in Liberia. In Chicago, a lot of commuter trains. And they call uh, it the L, though, don't they? In Chicago, yeah. And the L is just kind of short for elevated, right? Because much of it, uh, they, they don't have a lot of underground subways, but a few. But for the most part, it's elevated, at least in the Loop area. Yeah, and I know for for years. He, he'd get his senior citizen discount and uh, with his uh, whatever entourage he brought with him to New Orleans. He'd catch it here on Friday evening heading into New Orleans uh, down on the train station uh, over in New Orleans and uh, hit the French Quarter. And then you could you come back the next morning on the train back to New Iberia or if he decided to stay till Monday. But uh, he did that pretty often. And uh, and he told me pretty uh, inexpensive price. So for you senior citizens, I think he told me it was $20 round trip or something of that nature. Yeah, you know, if you're going to New Orleans, too, uh, and we've talked about how what a great walking city it is, uh, the, uh, so many of the activities are within walking distance so um what it costs you to take a train is what it might cost you to park a car or that's worse, right that's you know? right so that's right especially with the senior citizens and i know he he and his sons and friends uh would take uh, do that uh, uh I, I don't think he'd done it a lot recently due to uh he just had a sometimes a tough time getting around with uh he had a little hip uh that used to bother him but in the meantime uh, again he will be missed uh, by the Kane family, and uh, just want to let everybody know that uh, who uh, attended yesterday it was well represented. Uh, it was a great job. Uh, uh, there was laughter. There were tears uh, uh, with regards to Lee and uh, just uh, meeting some of his contemporaries and the people uh, he enjoyed being with. So it was just a nice day for uh, the Kane radio family. Yeah, um, mournful but still nice uh, way to yeah, say he, goodbye. That's right. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, elsewhere, I was looking just uh, didn't see any uh, big baseball news, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know, with uh, with pitchers and catchers, we're about uh, less than 30 days away, I do believe, as uh, things get heated up in the major leagues. Uh, 
We'll see if uh, things, uh, if that much will be changing uh, this year in the major leagues. Just quickly, uh, uh, the major league power rankings, who's number one on our mid-season uh, list. Uh, uh, um, looking at that with uh, regards, of course, the Astros. Uh, they'll be the number one team this year to knock off again, followed by the Braves, the Yankees, elsewhere, the Mets, who made a lot of, spent a lot of money yeah, this offseason. But, um, you know, they haven't always spent wisely. No. Or you haven't seen a, a lot of payoff. That's right. That's right. And San Diego. Last year. Yeah, San Diego's another team they say to keep an eye on, along with the Dodgers, uh, the Blue Jays, uh, the Phillies, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, the Mariners. So, uh Cards are at 11, uh, but uh, I just I don't think the Cards have enough pitching right now uh, to supplant uh, some of the teams in their division, or I should say in the NL. But time will tell in that regard. So uh, other than that, Jeff, uh, baseball, uh, we're less than 30 days away from pitchers and catchers showing up. Always one of my favorite times of year. Oh, yes, very much Especially so. Especially growing up in Chicago, that also meant that spring was the, the warmer weather was starting to come uh it was yeah they still have uh february to go through in the early march too yeah. uh, oh, quite no, cold. no doubt no doubt uh, the, the worst thing about a january birthday growing up in chicago a lot of times a gift was sports related baseball glove tennis racket it's like i can't use it for another couple of months oh, yeah. and just stare at it you know i just don't know how those colleges uh can able to get going uh you know, with uh, it's not like you can go out in the field and hit ground balls in the snow uh, in a lot of areas yeah, of you ice. Know, you know, I, I, my sophomore year was the first year my high school was open. Brand new facility, a lot of great facilities. But our first baseball playoff, the you know first day of tryouts, really, it wasn't practice as much as tryouts. And uh, we had these wooden hardwood floors. And without any idea we'd be doing this, he wanted us to slide head first on a hardwood floor. Whoa. It's like, okay, get, let's do this day two because then we can be prepared with some gloves, maybe batting gloves or well, something. I'd, I'd have run to the nearest uh, convenience store and bought yeah. powder or uh, baking. It was you insane. Know, throw on the floor so you could slide. Yeah. Uh, today in sports history, January 19th in 1903, a French na- newspaper named Lotto announces uh, a g- new gig. It's a five-stage gig. And the Tour de France was uh, beginning in 1903. Anyway, in 1934, on this date, Major League Baseball Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis denies Joe Jackson, that's uh, Shoeless Joe, appeal for reinstatement into baseball. Of course, Jackson was uh, banned in 1921. Uh, for the 1919 incident with the World Series and the Black Sox scandal. Elsewhere in 1937 on this date, uh, Cy Young, Tyrus Speaker, and Nap Lawajaway uh, were elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. On this date in 1952, the NFL purchases the struggling franchise, the New York Yanks, from owner Ted Collins and moved the club to Dallas, Texas. I don't ever remember the New York Yanks uh, in the NFL, so... Uh, uh, the, the Giants were already in existence. So uh, I thought the Giants were originally called the Yankees. Uh, maybe back in the twenties yeah. or thirties, but uh, anyway, I got to pull up that. I got to review that. Elsewhere, in 1952, the PGA approves allowing black participants in the PGA Tour. Of course, uh, uh, as uh, our PGA professionals here told me that uh, the young, uh, the young first uh, black man to play on the tour was uh, Sifford. 
uh, his first name uh, gets away from me. Charles, Charles, Charles Sifford. S-I-F-F-O-R-D. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, he was the first. On this date, 1972, uh, three of baseball's big-time uh, celebrities, Sandy Koufax, Yogi Berra, and Early Wynn, elected to the Hall of Fame. Sandy, the youngest Hall of Famer at that point. That's right. I think Probably he was 30, 36 years of age. Maybe something like that, yeah. yeah Lou Gehring, I think, was posthumously uh, entered along with Roberto Clemente, but they were both in yeah. their late 30s, early 40s. I would say 39 at least for Roberto. Yeah, that's correct. Elsewhere on this date, 1974, I remember watching this game. Uh, Notre Dame beats UCLA at, uh, in South Bend 71-70 to to end the Bruins' 88-game winning streak. Of course, that was a team with uh, Bill Walton. Uh, and, and UCLA was up by like 10 or 11 points with maybe two minutes left, and Notre Dame made a fury comeback, and there was no three-point line back then. Also on this date, 1977, Ernie Banks elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. Mr. Cub, let's play two. Also on this date, 1978, Eddie Matthews elected to baseball Hall of Fame. Of course, Eddie Matthews, the fine third baseman for the uh, for the Braves, uh, played in three cities. He played in Boston, he played in Milwaukee, and he played in Atlanta, all for the Atlanta Braves. Elsewhere in 2000, on this date, Michael Jordan, who led the NBA Bulls to six NBA championships as a player, returns to the NBA, joining with the Washington Wizards as the part owner and president of basketball operations. I think he uh, did he wear 45 uh, is that where he broke out 45 with the wizards or he came back to chicago no when he returned to chicago because they had retired 23 that's correct so he decided to wear 45 and that didn't go so well so uh, he, he went, went back, back to, to 23. 23 yeah okay in the meantime elsewhere in 2002 on this uh date the afc division game uh with under two minutes to play the patriots trailing the raiders 13 to 10 in a snowstorm the Brady fumble and ruled an incomplete pass in the tuck roll game. That was on this date. Hard to believe that was 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, uh, birthdays today. Uh, born on this date in 1913, Rudolph, I want to say Winderone, if I got that right. Rudolph Winderone, famous billiard player. Minnesota Fats was his given name. Uh, Minnesota Fats, we all know that name, but we don't know Rudolph Winderone. Anyway, in 1932, born on this day, Joe Smith, of course, the famous linebacker. A lot of you uh, younger people might not remember him, but he was uh, a perennial all-pro with the Lions. Of course, he played on two world championships teams in 53 and 57. Also coached the Lions uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Also born on this date, uh, an AP NFL Coach of the Year in 93, 98, and also uh, a head coach. Also uh, born in Rome, Georgia, Dan Reeves was born on this date in 1944. Of course, uh, I believe he passed away uh, maybe a year before last, maybe in 2021, Dan Reeves. Also a player with the Cowboys, too. Elsewhere uh, on this date, uh, passing away uh, uh, in that regard uh, was Junior Seau, uh, the fine linebacker for the Chargers, who initially, Jeff, I think he was one of the first ones to go through all the uh, cerebral testing and all with yeah, regards I, to uh, trauma and all. Yeah, he took his own life, and uh, a lot and, of that was attributed to the struggles he was having as so many NFL players uh, with multiple concussions, uh, hits to the head. Uh, yeah, I think he was uh, one of the ones who really brought some awareness to that situation. Yeah, passed away in 2012. Elsewhere uh, on this date, uh, passing away, uh, 
a Hall of Fame manager who said uh, a lot of things and got a lot of – I think he was thrown out of more games in baseball history. Earl Weaver mm. uh, died on this date in 2013. Of course, it won the World Series in 70 with the Orioles. It dies from a heart attack at age 82. Also dying on this day was one of my uh, all-time uh, favorite players and one of my boyhood heroes, uh, Stan the Man, passed away on this date in 2013, uh, uh, just of uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, Stan started to fade. Seven-time batting champion, though, for the Cardinals. And also uh, everybody thought he was strictly an outfielder but played first base for almost a 1,000 games for the Cardinals back in the early 50s. And uh, the quote of the day, I want to go back to old Earl Weaver. And Earl Weaver was uh, had one theory about how you could win a baseball game. Uh, he had to do a few things, though. But the keys to winning a baseball game, Earl Weaver said, was you got to have good pitching, you got to play good defense, you got to have the fundamentals you do, and three run homers, and you can beat a lot of people. Yes. Just with the three run homers, you can beat a lot of people. Anyway, that's uh, today in sports history, January nineteenth. Uh, here, Jeff. Uh, so uh, nothing more. All right. Once again, uh, big thanks to our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency. Remember tomorrow, Cane Fishing and Hunting Show uh, kicks off the 7 o'clock hour, and then Bayou Sports at about 745.